So are you ready to PR yourself? We'll remove the mystery from all things PR and we'll discuss everything from our top strategies to tips and tricks and everything that you can utilize to further enhance your brand or your message. I've been in media, I'm a journalist, and I'm also a publicist. I am Leah Frazier, CEO of Think3 Media and your host for PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. Let's go. And welcome back to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. Thank you so much for tuning in and for not abandoning me as I try to catch up and get back into the swing of things of delivering content to you, hopefully on a weekly basis. That is the goal. But we're back today with a very special episode. I actually recorded this back in late 2021, and I just feel like the conversation that I had with Deborah Driggs, and I'll explain a little bit about who she is a little bit further on. The conversation that we had is so relevant to this point in time. She's quite amazing. She was a playboy centerfold and cover girl. I mean, who gets to talk to someone that can tell you about Hugh Hefner and what it was like at the mansion um, back in the day and her experience with that. And now she's in the top 5% of her industry. So just totally shifting gears. And one of the things that you're going to hear in my conversation with Deborah was this concept of, in her mindset, even if I don't know how to do the thing in the industry that I'm in, I'm going to be the one to figure it out. I'm going to get all the tools, all the resources. I'm going to be honest in saying, I may not know everything, but I'm going to be that person that goes all in and all out in order to be the very best that I can be, whether it's for your own company or if you're working for someone else in a corporate capacity, being that person. And that was Deborah, where she's at. You're going to hear it in our interview where she's like, I didn't know how to do this. I didn't even know how to do the copy machine. And now she's in the top 5% because she just has that tenacity about her. And so when I was thinking about my conversation with Deborah and some things that transpired this week for myself, I was thinking PR yourself and pitch it afraid. Pitch yourself afraid. Pitch that idea afraid. Pitch the brand that you've always envisioned working a, working for afraid. Like, what's the worst they can do but say no? And if you somewhat have your shit together, <laughs> you know, if you've been listening to all the prior episodes and you somewhat know how to craft the pitch, all the things that we've been talking about in previous episodes, you're going to be okay. Sometimes we sit back and we try to wait for all the stars to align. We want all the stars to align. We want the perfect moon. We want the perfect people in our lives. And then we'll pitch that thing we've been wanting to pitch when sometimes you already have all of the tools and resources that you need in order to further that thing. Or as it is in Deborah's case, where she was working and where she was at, they recognized something in her that said, I'm going to take that chance on you because of the tenacity you're showing me, because of that grit you're showing me. There's something in your personality that says, I'm going to pour into you versus the person that does have all the stars aligned and all the bells and whistles. There's something about Deborah. (laughs) So for some of you out there, if you're listening to this, take this as your cue to pitch it afraid. You're you're going through doubts and fears and you're fearful that I don't have all my ducks in a row. Leah, you told me to have my shit together. I don't think it's together. But I think you know deep down and in your gut whether you're holding on to something out of fear because you're afraid of rejection or you're afraid to get that no. So great example for many of you guys that follow me on social media, you know that I've taken my wellness journey very seriously. So I graduated with my certification in meditation. Uh, back in October and went straight to teaching several days a week at Breathe Meditation and Wellness here in Dallas, Texas. I also received a certification in sound meditation. So I was leading sound baths. And then I also, um, I'm getting certified in Reiki this weekend. <laughs> and then I was certified in mindfulness back this past April. And now I'm in the MBSR, which is mindfulness-based stress reduction program in order to receive my certification in that because it's extremely rare in the state of Texas that a practitioner will actually have that certification. So I just went all in, 
all of that to say is I'm pretty new, you know, in the world, not necessarily new to meditation, but new to, to teaching it. And just out the gate, I was hired out the gate. I was doing pop-ups at other studios. I just recently did a collaboration with Market by Macy's. Macy's is a huge brand, you know? I did a pop-up at American Airlines. I have a request pending at this moment from Microsoft because they saw what I posted about American Airlines. They saw what I posted about my opportunity with um, Macy's and they're like, we wanna get on, in on that. And I think it's just something to be said. So two points I'm making here is one, in my head, the fearful and the doubtful part of me is saying, you don't have enough experience in this. You just graduated in October. Who do you think you are to go lead meditations for these major, major global companies when there's a million other instructors who's been in the game longer than you, that's the doubtful and the fearful part of myself. But I still push myself knowing that I'm damn good at what I do. And so you have to balance, you know, it's almost like having the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. You have to balance that for yourself and you have to push yourself and you have to pitch yourself afraid despite of all the voices going on in your head. And so, like I said, um, we'll see what pans out for Microsoft. And so there was several opportunities that fell in my lap. Most recently, one where um, I was just scrolling Instagram and I saw that Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm in love with the Goop brand. I love how she's morphed it into now like a lifestyle and wellness destination. She's included all these different industries. I watched her documentaries and the wellness pieces on Netflix. They're really good. So anyways, I'm just browsing social media on uh, my couch and I see that she's doing a cruise and I was like, okay, celebrity cruises. It's a goop retreat, wellness retreat. I'm free around that time. Let me go ahead and, and see if, you know, I want to do nine days in September and go to Barcelona and go to all these regions of Italy. Yeah, sure. So I've been thinking about it. And then the next day it popped in my head. It said pitch goop. And I was like, I can't pitch Goop. First of all, that's Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> that's pretty major. She doesn't know me. Um, I don't have the experience. Who do I reach out to? Who do I contact? It was all these things going on in my head. And it was just pitch Goop. So I said, okay, what am I pitching Goop? I'm going to pitch maybe a sound bath under the stars on the cruise. I don't know. Do you need morning meditations? I don't know what they have lined up for this cruise or if it's a partnership with the cruise line and they haven't hadn't worked out the details, which so often happens when people are doing conferences and seminars and workshops and, and that thing. They sell the tickets, but they don't really have the program planned out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to pitch goop, even though <laughs> I have these little voices in my head telling me that, you know, this isn't the right time. Maybe you should do this a year from now. So I go out and I'm like, I'm just going to research the brand and make sure that when I do reach out, whoever I send this to, I make sure that I have all my ducks in a row in that capacity to make sure that I've done enough research on who they featured before and how can I set myself apart. So if you don't take anything away from me rambling right now, if you're going to pitch yourself afraid, and especially if it's for a larger corporation, or even if it's for something that you feel a little, you have that imposter syndrome. So I suggest you listen to PR yourself with imposter syndrome episode. But even if it's with imposter syndrome or you're lacking the confidence, which I'm being honest with you guys and telling you, I lack the confidence because it's goop is major, okay? Um, then you have to find ways to create in, even in the entrepreneurship world and in innovation, we call it, what is your unique value that you bring? What is the differentiator that separates you from the rest? And for me, I feel as though, I I have all of these certifications, okay? I highly doubt <laughs> there is anyone that's gonna be on that boat 
that can come with all of the instruments that I have acquired and all of the skill sets that I have in music and that I do with my sound baths. Like I'm very confident in that. Um, and I know that that makes me different. I have gongs, chimes, I play the flute, I play the crystal bowls, I play them harmonically and with melody, I play Tibetan bowls and I do it in a way, even here in Dallas, people who have moved here from California have said that they've never heard before and that it's the best that they ever heard. So I know that makes me unique. So I'm like, okay, I could offer that. So I go on the site I find who to send it to, but I also looked at their editorial, who have they featured before. So it was, it was, they had some meditation experts, but it wasn't really in depth. They had a sound expert and they had maybe one or two. And you, you guys have to realize that a lot of those lifestyle brands and even press and media, they want a variety of experts because they don't always want to go and ping the same person over and over and over and over again. So I saw that and then I went out to their YouTube channel where they have their guided meditations all under one area. And I noticed that there was only 13. And I'm thinking, I teach two to four classes a week and I customize pretty much all of my meditations. And so (laughs) I could provide them with continuous content if that's what they needed. And oh, by the way, I'm on Insight Timer and I'm also on the Meet Akina app customizing content for them. So that's a plus. And then I realized as well, along with the 13 meditations that were on there, there was only the last one that was uploaded was uploaded in 2021. And I'm like, okay, it needs a refresh. And there's so many different meditations that could be put on their body scans. I didn't see anything for yoga nidra and deep sleep and deep relaxation. And I'm like, I could totally do that. And I think I only found one sound bath on there. And I'm like, great, I could do that. So I gathered all this information. I created the pitch in an email and I just sent it off literally before I logged in here. And that is my prime definition of pitch it afraid. Whether it's a yes or no, I'm just so happy that I did it. Whether it's a yes or a no, I'm happy that I sent my information. I hyperlinked my website. I told them who I was so they can find me. If for the simple fact that in the future they're looking for an expert, they know they can put me in a folder in their inbox and maybe reach out to me two, three, four, six months, 12 months from now. Sometimes it's not necessarily about getting that exchange or setting that expectation for what you want, which... What I want is to be a part of the cruise. I want to um, custom curate meditations and and other types of wellness content for Goop. But maybe there's other things that they have in mind. But by virtue of me just doing that research and pitching and whoever it gets in front of, and of course, the fortune is also in the follow-up and following up and make sure it gets in front of the right person, the fact is that you did it. (laughs) The fact is that at this point, the other party has your information and it's going to build that muscle for you to continue pitching yourself for larger opportunities or for the ones that you truly desire, where I'm not going to ever say that you're not going to be afraid to do it, but you're just going to do it over and over and over and over and over again. And the... (laughs) What am I trying to say? The the success is going to be in the numbers. The more times you do it, the more likely is you're going to get some sort of yes or a reply back from those individuals you're pitching yourself to. And so that's going to be the message of today is Pitch It Afraid. And I'll keep you guys updated. I've done some other pitching this week um, for my wellness uh, adventures. I, I was trying to get on at Essence Fest. They sent me a form back and uh, I had to fill out today, like, did I want to be in the convention or did I want to be at the wellness house? And I was like, I could do either or I don't care. It's Essence Fest, you know, and there was a section where it was like, who are you? What are you doing? You had to explain it in like a sentence. And I'm like, I could go on all day. I got all these certifications. You know what I mean? I can bring all my instruments. It's going to be a whole vibe, but had to do it in one sentence. But again thinking 
dang, am I ready for what essence could bring? And even though I had those thoughts, I did it anyways. And so today, just today alone, I would never come on here and tell you guys to do shit that I'm not doing myself. Today alone, two pitches, afraid. (laughs) I don't know how they're going to turn out, but I feel so much more empowered that I just did it and that, hey, my information is in front of somebody Even if it doesn't pan out for what I want it to, maybe it can pan out something for the future. And the more that you do it over and over and over and over again, the more the door of opportunity will open up for you, for you to attract the things that you're trying to see. And so that is my spiel for today. Just pitch it afraid. And you're going to hear later on from Deborah Driggs, who has a similar story. And so what I want you to do, you're going to hear a short word from our sponsors And just stay locked in. Like, this is so special. If you have to pause the episode and come back when you really can listen to what's being said, I really suggest doing that. But I also want you, if you're not connected with me, go to my personal Instagram at the Leah Frazier, T-H-E-L-E-A-H-F-R-A-Z as in zebra, I-E-R. I want you to head to the link in my bio. I got a lot of shit up there. But if you scroll down, there is an option to sign up for my email list. Sign up for the email list. I will be launching a Pitch It Afraid challenge. I'm not waiting to the new year. I'm not waiting for any of that. It will be a 14-day challenge where I'm going to help you get all your shit together and tell you exactly what you need to pitch yourself for success, to pitch yourself for those brands you wanna work with, to pitch yourself for collaborations, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. So I need you to sign up for that email list. I'm not going to send you anything that you don't need. So don't worry about, oh, it's another email newsletter. I'm not the best in consistently sending my newsletter out. I'll admit. But for this challenge, you will receive something from me every single day to have you geared up and ready to pitch in 14 days. And remember, the faith and the success is in the number. So the more you send out, the more likely it is that you're going to get some yeses on some things you've been holding yourself back from. All right. So go ahead and head to that link in bio. We're here from, we will hear from our sponsors and I will be right back. And when you hear from me again, I will be here with Deborah Driggs. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. Kitcaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation. All right, welcome back to another episode of PR Yourself with Leah Fraser. I have a fabulous, when we talk about just being a boss and running things and getting it done, and all you guys here in Texas, getting her done, get her done, I have the fabulous Deborah Driggs in the house. She's a former Playboy cover girl and centerfold, and now is the top 5% in her profession. Now, if that ain't killing it and rocking it and just going out with a bang, I don't know what it is. Welcome, Deborah, <laughs> to the you. show. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I was, I was chuckling because my kids nicknamed me the boss lady. Listen, like, <laughs> all I have to do is read down. I mean, first VJ for Playboy Channel's Hot Rocks. You're a member of the Screen Actors Guild because I was like, "Where's your bio?" She's like, "IMDb." So that's that's almost the same thing as Google me, and that's fine. I'll take it. You're a member of Tony <laughs> Robbins Platinum Lions Partnership. You, this is the one I liked. You moderated and was a coordinator and fundraiser for CNN's Van Jones's Prison Reform Movement, the Redemption Project. That is awesome. And I mean, the yeah. list, the list goes on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. Just- yeah. You know, I, you know what it is? It's, it's when I get in proximity of really cool people, 
it's like I, I innovate. I'm like, how can I help? How can I be a part of immediately? And when I heard Van speak on Necker Island, I was there for a leadership program and I heard him speak and I was like, I want to get involved. And I, and I said to him, I said, I've never, I didn't, first of all, I was, I had no idea the, the things that he was talking about with prison reform. I didn't know, you know, I was so excited to watch his redemption project. And so I said, Hey, you know, maybe there's a way I can help get the word out. We can help raise money. And, and so that's, we kind of teamed up and we did a huge event right before the pandemic. And then we were going to do another one because we had such success and we had momentum and then everything shut down and LA was impossible. It still wow. is to do anything. So, but yeah, so that's, that's just kind of my vibe. You know, if I, if I see something that moves me or makes me think differently or makes me go, why don't I know about that? I want to get involved, you know, <laughs> and it's just how I, how I roll. And I've been very fortunate in the last 10 years to have some success in my business. And so, you know, for me, it's super exciting to be able to give back and to do something like that, to, to be able to team up with Van and his team. And, you know, I brought some people in to watch this documentary and they were like, I didn't know this was what was going on. Or, you know, I didn't know this about prison reform. And so I love when I get to like learn something and then share it because that's a whole purpose. Have you always been like that? Yeah, I think so. You know, I really do. I was thinking about it. You know, I just, I move really fast (laughs) and I've just always been one of those people that never understood people's paces. You know, people move a lot slower than Mm -hmm. I do and that's okay. It's just that I'm one of those people that makes, I, I make decisions quickly, especially in business. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's move. Let's go. Let's okay. Let me get on. Let me get that email out. Let me, let me contact that person. And, and, and I see with other people that they really take their time. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, like, didn't we discuss this on the last 30 day call? Exactly. And this was supposed to be done, still not done. Yeah. And so we got to take another 30 days. Yeah. Okay. So and it's not so, one of those things. And I was just on a call earlier this morning, you know, and I'm, I'm launching something and, and, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I, I want to get it launched now. So what needs to be done to get it launched now? Like, I don't want to wait another two weeks. Mm. And so, you know, I'm just, I get in that mode. I also can get in a mode though, where I can just completely shut down and stop on something. If I feel like it's not going in the right direction, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? I need to just pull out completely and let the universe kind of guide this one. Because sometimes too, you know, you, and and that's kind of having that really good sense of intuition in anything in business and relationships and anything is when you know, when to pull out, when you know, when to just say, you know, this isn't feeling right. And maybe I do need to sit for a minute and think about it before I make this decision. And especially when you're when you're building your own business, you know, when you're kind of on your own out there on your own little yeah. island, you know, building things. And and, you know, I think that's why entrepreneurs are a special breed, because they kind of work their own hours, work their own pace, do their own thing, think their own way, you know, and that's they build success that way. And we and, you know, success leaves clues. So, yeah, I'm always looking at people that I respect <laughs> to see, OK, well, what are they doing? You know, how can I? How can I do that even better? You know, and it's not like it's a competition. It's just always improving, always growing, always learning. So how has this worked for you during the pandemic, though? Because there was a lot of people that were like, oh, it gave me it gave me the break to kind of slow down. But then there was other people that kind of was like, no, I'm going to lean all the way in. What end of the spectrum were you in once everything kind of popped off with quarantining and working from home and that type of thing? Oh, total lean in. (laughs) They were like, we thought Deborah was going to slow down. And she just went like, no, as a matter of fact, in my, you mentioned that I'm in the Tony's platinum lion group. And so there's 40 of us in that lion group and there we're all innovative entrepreneur, business owners, business operators, some retired from success, whatever, you know, it's just this really cool group from all around the world. And one of the women in our group said, Hey, why don't we put a think tank together? So we put a think tank together and every morning we met at seven 30 Pacific standard time. 
because everybody was from all around the world. And we met every morning during that pandemic at 7.30 a.m. to innovate. And, you know, we helped each other with the struggles that everybody's businesses was having. And and it was just a really good bonding. Like, okay, well, here we are. Let's do this. Let's meet. Let's innovate. And then then I came up with the idea of, well, why don't we have guests? (laughs) (laughs) If we're going to be here talking every morning, like maybe one day a week, we bring in a guest. And so I brought Van Jones. It was one of the first guests that I brought. Oh my gosh. I die. Yeah. This is a perfect place for him to come in and talk about the redemption project and the prison reform. And now, now he had even more to talk about because now the prisons need masks. Yes. I was, I was going to talk about everything that was going on with the news, with the prisons that are needed masks, the care that they did or didn't receive, Um, and then there was, there's a lot that are actually about to, if they were like on the lower end of their offenses that are about to be released for minor offenses. Cause it's like, Uh, you shouldn't have been in there that long to begin with. So exactly now they're in there and they're like, no mask. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that was great. So he was one of the first guests. So, you know, Ah. just thinking out of the box, you know, like, what can you do instead of there's nothing to do, you know, it's like, there's always something to do. And I'm also, you know, I wasn't one of the, I don't live, I can't live in fear and I just refuse, you know? And so if you say, oh my God, I'm going to get COVID, you're going to get COVID, (laughs) you know? So I just don't, I just don't. And I had COVID by the way, I didn't know I had it, but I had it. I was one of the first cases. I was sick for two months. I just thought I had (gasps) pneumonia because I got sick in December of 19. And then I took the antibody test in March. And of course I have all the antibodies. Oh my so God. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. And thank God, because, you know, I, people were like, oh my God, around me, I would have been like, you know, that is, was, crazy. I've never seen something in this lifetime. I'm 57. I have never seen something in this lifetime put so much fear into the human race. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like, yeah. I mean, it was like, and, and there are people still walking around right now petrified of this thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's to me, that's just so sad. It's like, I can't, I can't live that way. I get that. Yeah. People, but we, we, before this happened, nobody was talking about all the deaths from the flu the prior year, but all of a sudden now we're talking about, we're counting deaths. And I was like, ah, oh, it was so sad to watch. I, I, by the way, I had to completely disconnect and turn mm-hmm. the news off. Yep. And I was like, I don't want to hear any more about it. And in the minute people would start talking about it in a negative way, I was like, I can't be a part of this conversation because it's like, this is a part of life. You know, this isn't the first time this has happened. And it's, you know, we, we all have to, we all have to make our own decision is basically what it came down to. And And then then you had like Netflix that decided way early on in the pandemic to play all of the like pandemic related movies, like, of course, and and they did it all in a row. And I was like, I can't with this. Who's scare them. Yeah. Let's really get them. Let's just really. Yeah. It was crazy. So I was with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So my business was definitely affected because I'm in the life insurance business and it hit us probably around April or May of 2020, where insurance companies kind of backed off and said, we're not going to insure anybody 60 and over because all of a sudden it became, if you're older, you're going to die from COVID. And so the insurance companies backed up a little bit. That's coming back around. So it did slow my business down quite a bit. By, by about 50%. And, but that was okay. You know, I took the time to write a book. I took the time to, to, you know, I did slow down a little bit and, you know, not a lot. I still traveled. I, I can tell you that I was, I took trips where I was the only person, maybe <laughs> me and one other person on a commercial airliner, which was really spooky and weird. I would land in places like Dallas and there'd be the Texas Rangers waiting for me as I got off the plane in gloves. And I was like, what world am I living in? You know, like (laughs) I didn't, I, is there, is this really going on? You know, yeah. I guess I was just like, not going to fall into it, but I traveled and did my thing. So. Yeah. It took me a little bit longer to get to that place. But once I I, (laughs) I had a discussion with a girlfriend of mine and she's like, 
I'm just going to live. I'm not going to be cooped up in my house and I've got to go get a facelift. <laughs> so yeah, I was, I was like, well, go get your facelift and live your best life. Then that's fine. And I finally exactly. reached a point where I was the same way, where I got to get back to the gym. I've got to get, you know, I've done what I can do to stay healthy yeah. and now I've just got to live my life. So, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's and where we're at got to totally work on our immune system and, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that, I think if anything that woke a lot of people up to, wow, I should really take my health a little more seriously and, and, you know, take all these supplements and, you know, yes, that was me. My mom, I mean, like, not just for the COVID, but vitamin D every day. So I've been popping vitamin D every single day, ever since she called me freaking out. Yeah. So it's fine. It's a well, it's a wellness program, right? We want to be on the wellness program, not on the sick program. We want to be on the wellness program and, you know, and I had it, I got sick. It lingered for about two, three months. I had that cough. Oh, but you know, I just, in my head, I just thought I got some weird pneumonia or weird. I just thought this is really odd because I don't normally get so sick, Right. but it really knocked me down as far as like, I had no energy. That's the Mm. weird part of it is that it just totally depleted my energy. But once I started back with my supplements and all of that, it like, it went away. It went away. And thank God I didn't know what it was. (laughs) I was a lucky, I was a lucky one really. Well, you're back, you're healthy, you're vibrant, you're killing it and you're here. And I just, I want to backtrack a little bit because you have the most fabulous, like you would be the person where they're like, who would you want at the dinner table to tell you like stories of their life? I want Deborah (laughs) because first off I need to know, like, I'm so curious. Like you just seem like you have this fun personality, free spirit, all about life. So how did you fall into the playboy opportunity? Like how did that come about for you? So randomly, because, you know, I, I was always the funny outgoing. I I had already been doing commercials. I started my modeling career in Japan in 1983 Mm. and came back from Osaka. And I said, I'm going to model and do commercials. And everybody was cool with the commercial part, but they were like, you know, models are like 5'10 and I'm 5'6. And I said, (laughs) I know, but I, I did modeling in Japan. I did catalogs and funny advertisements and I can do that here. And they were like, okay. And so I started out, I got my first agent was a commercial agent and I started doing commercials right away. As a matter of fact, the first commercial I booked was a commercial for Japan here in the U (laughs) S which was funny. I guess they just loved me in Japan. So, so I had already been working in the business and in 1989, I had already been working now for, you know, several years and uh, started to have some steady accounts that I was working for and some swimsuit accounts. And so Playboy contacted my agent and said, we'd like to see her for the cover. Or maybe my, my agent submitted me for this because it was for a cover of a new book that Playboy was coming out with called The Lingerie Book. So my agent called me and said, you have an audition for Playboy for this lingerie book. And I said, well, is there any nudity? And she's (laughs) like, I don't think so. It's for a cover. (laughs) And so, you know, I go to the famous building on Sunset for this audition. And I wasn't really into it because they wanted me to take off all my clothes and put a robe on. And then they were going to do it back then. They did Polaroids. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I'm not here for that. I'm here for the the cover. (laughs) And they were like, well, everything we do involves nudity. We need to see your whole body. Well, back then, just to, so you can understand, it wasn't so much like a a sleazy thing. What it was is they were looking for birthmarks, scars, piercings, tattoos, because back then that was a big deal. Today, it wouldn't matter if you had any of that. And so back then they wanted to see what they were working with. And, and they said, everything we do has a, some, some kind of nudity. And so I didn't, I chose not to do that. And I left on my undergarments and did the Polaroid like that. And they were like, okay, whatever. So I left (laughs) and, you know, right away, I'm like, I'm never going to get that job because they think I'm difficult. Cut to, I get home and I have a call on my answering machine 
from the Playboy office and they're like, we want to test you to be a centerfold. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I, I call my agent. I go, I got, she goes, it's true. They want to test you to be a centerfold. And I was like, I think they're confusing me with another girl that was there. I go, this can't be right. You know, cause I didn't picture myself that way. You know, I didn't uh-huh. see my, I didn't see myself as a centerfold, you know? And so, so I said, well, what do you think? And she's like, I think you should do it. Now you have to remember in 1989, Playboy was the number one magazine in the world. So this wasn't, you know, this was a big deal. And so I called my other agent and who my commercial agent and told them what was going on. Because again, back then, different time, a lot of advertisers wouldn't work with you if you had done nudity or, you know, if you were in Playboy. So I said, do you think this is really going to affect my career? And he's like, I don't think so for you. I think it'll be a really good, it'll be a good, good choice. So I tested for Playboy. Next thing I knew I was March, 1990 centerfold. And then they flew me to Chicago and I was on the cover of the following month. So it was like a whirlwind, you know, and here I am in the famous Playboy building back then on sunset and I remember there was one day I was in the studio and I had the, I had Richard Fegley was my photographer who I loved. And I believe he and I had the same birthday and we were in the studio one day and I kind of zoned out uh-huh. and he's like, are you okay? And I just was looking around and I said, I'm shooting a Playboy centerfold. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I know it's weird. Right. And I'm like, it's so surreal. Like I'm in a studio where famous playmates and people have shot and it like, there's so many stories in this room and I'm just looking around. And then the makeup artist said, well, you know, Deborah, they get over a thousand submissions a day from wow. girls all over the a day. And, and here I was, you know, randomly went in on an audition and randomly ended up in the magazine. And I'm forever grateful because there's so much history with Playboy and Hef and his vision and what he created. And I'm just super grateful that I got to be a part of that. So did you, while you were there, um, did you make friends with any, because, you know, I've watched a lot of the documentaries. I used to love the show that was on the e-network and so I used to just kind of see all the girls, some of them are friends and they've carried their friendships throughout marriages and babies and all the other stuff. Did any of that happen for you while you were kind of in this whirlwind of <laughs> being a centerfold? Yeah. You know, I, 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 it's funny that you asked that because two weeks ago I was on a zoom call with about 10 of the playmates from all <laughs> different, all different times. We were all on, and, on the wall. yeah, you know, and just kind of having this like you know, reunion, but it was, for, we were specifically talking about something that we're, we're trying to innovate, but, but also it was so cool just to see everybody. I haven't seen all these girls in years and, you know, I got married in 92. So I did Playboy in 90 and I got married in 92 and I had three children. And so I kind of fell away from the whole scene because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had a different life. You know, I was married with three kids. I was a full-time mom. And so I kind of fell out of the business. I think 1998 was the last TV show that I, I, I appeared on, but, and then I, we moved our family to park city, Utah in 2003 mm-hmm. and 2004, I was hosting a two hour unscripted morning show for the park city TV station. And that actually became one of the favorite things that I ever did was hosting that show. There was no money. I didn't get paid. You know, oh, it, was, wow. it, was, it was really a volunteer position. And it was one of the most best jobs ever. I loved it. And even though I had to get up at the crack of dawn and shoot it (laughs) from 5.30 to 7.30 every morning live, it replayed all morning in Park City because it was a local, it was for the locals, you know? And so we were talking about openings of restaurants or what was going on in Park City, you know? And and then we'd have, you know, we talk about, and it was also news. We were talking about news and and, and, you know, it was a little town and it was, I loved, I loved doing that show. And, um, so let me ask you this yeah. because there's so many people, especially I hear it often nowadays where don't do this for free, know your value, know your worth. What's the difference between what you did, which was 
you created something and you saw value in this opportunity versus, well, I'm not getting paid for it. So I'm not going to do this show in park cities. Yeah. So, you know, I'm of the belief that being of service is one of the best purposeful ways to live life. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And so for me, it's more about being a per- being on purpose and being of service. And, and I added so much value. People were so excited to watch the show, you know, and, and to me, that was, there's no dollar amount that can pay for that. And it also gave me really great experience. I had never done anything like that. You know, it's really hard to do a morning show and it's not, you know, and so I got to get experience for free. I looked at it that way. It was like, I had, there's something also too, that's really cool about every once in a while, humbling yourself to do things for a different reason and not just for yourself, not just for your ego, not just for your brand, not just for your business, but every once in a while doing something that's for other people. And it's, it's a good humbling experience. And, you know, I have to be really careful. That's one of the things that I work on on a daily basis is keeping my ego in check. Is this about me? Or is this about the greater good? Mm, You know, is this really, is am I majoring in something that's minor or am I majoring in something that's really needing my energy and attention right now? I love it. And I think when you start looking at life and things in that way, more opportunities will happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm really into energy and, and attract. Me too. Yeah. Right. I'm into the whole law of attraction, right? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We got our energy bracelets on. Got our energy, (laughs) our stones and crystals, you know? Yes. And I just truly believe that there's so much opportunity. There's so much abundance. So I'm of the belief that if you took money completely out of the equation, and you just did what you wanted to do and what you love to do, I think you would look at things a lot differently in life. Wow. I absolutely love that. So you've never had anybody come up to you and say, well, you were doing this one thing here and you're doing this and you're doing that. Deborah, you're all over the place. Have you, have you gotten that ever? Um, I think, I think a little bit when I got into more of the business world in 2005, I found myself having to really reinvent and I got divorced and I didn't mm-hmm. leave with the big alimony, you know, life plan, you know, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, I wasn't on the alimony plan. So I had to work. And the first attempt for me was real estate. I lived in a small town and most small towns, that's the thing that everybody does, right, is real estate. And the thing that I knew, and I, I don't know where this comes from, you know, I, I, you know, I could guess, but the thing that I knew is that I didn't have time to start a business with real estate. But I knew that if I worked for the team that was doing the best, that I would get the most experience and learn again, putting my ego aside. It didn't have to be all about me. So Mm -hmm. I met with three people in park city that were killing it, that were doing that were the top three realtors. And one of them, we met for breakfast. And after we talked for a little bit, he said, have you ever worked in an office? And I said, no, because I'm asking if I can be his assistant. Right. And I said, here's the deal. I don't even know how to do a scan or a fax. I barely know how to send an email. Like I, I'm like, I'm so green. I'm as green as green can be as far as working in an office. And he said, how are you with people? I said, oh my God, I'm really good with people. And it was like light bulbs went off for both of us. And he said, here's the deal. I have 30 listings, Deborah, and I cannot keep up with them. I have to call these these clients every day. I have to go and sit open houses. And these are the things I don't have time for. If you can do that, I think I can teach you all the rest and we can have a great, great team. And it was exactly how we visioned it. It worked out so well. I loved working. It was him, his brother and his father, Mm -hmm. and then me. And, and it it was so cute because they had a picture of the three of them and it was the fine property team. (laughs) And then one day he said, 
we're going to reshoot that and put you in the photo. And I was like, I get to be, I get to be a part of the fine team. And they were like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it was just so cool. Like they were like, no, you're, you're on the team. And, and here I, you know, it's funny here I am bringing in listings. Cause I would sit these open houses and I'd get to know people. They'd come in and they'd say, well, we, I want you to list my house. And I'd go, okay, great. And I'd go meet with them. And then I'd bring Rich, my partner. And, and then I'd go back to the office and I'd ask the girls. I'm like, I just got this $10 million listing, but I don't know how to scan the paperwork. <laughs> and they just laugh at me because it's a true story. Like, I'm like, could you show me how to use the thing with the button with the thing? And where do you put the paper? And like, and then how do I make it go to my email? And they were like, oh my God, she's bringing in $10 million listings, but she can't use a scanner, you know, and that's, that was the story of my life back then. It was hilarious, but I didn't care. I think that's and the nobody point. Cared is that, is that they were like, this girl's a go-getter. I was bringing in more listings, more money, more value. And, and all the clients loved me. They'd call me and they'd scream on the phone and I'd hold the phone out to here, you know, and, and Rich <laughs> and I were in the same office. So he'd be like, oh my God. And, you know, these, some of these clients were crazy. They're like, why is it my house selling? And, like, I, like I'm God, like I could here. let me just wave my magic wand and your house will be sold. Everything will be fine. You know, so I became like not only this listing agent in real estate, but I was now a therapist. Oh. I was like, well, let's, you know, let's talk about this. You know, Oof. maybe we, why don't I come over and we'll have tea and we can talk about different strategies or maybe we should lower the price. People <laughs> hate to hear that suggestion. Yeah. And, you know. And so that's those, I learned some really valuable lessons doing that. That was my first business, but where you're going back to your question, did people ever get confused? Like, what are you doing? You're all over the place. In 2008, when the market took a crash, our, my little, my little real estate in Park City was the first to go, you know, nobody's buying a second home, multi-million dollar, you know, ski vacation home that was out. So I had to reinvent. Now I had to go work for somebody else. And so, you know, you have to, that's when I learned though, you have to be really careful how you're using your contact list. Because I realized every time I was reinventing, I was reaching out to people. Well, now I'm doing print procurement. <laughs> now I'm doing life insurance. And they're like, what the heck are you doing? You know? So you have to be kind of careful and make sure that you know, you don't want it because my, my whole thing that I learned and I learned all these lessons really the hard way. I didn't have anybody say, this is how you're going to be really great at business. So I learned everything the hard way, but was to be really careful how you use other people's time. Mm. And so yeah. that's something that I'm really, you know, if I call somebody, I'm really careful of how I use their time. I got to get right to the point. Because the people, you know, the people, the tables that I want to sit at, they're big tables. So like, yeah. for example, you know, if I'm talking to Van Jones, I want to get to the point, this guy has a hundred people waiting to talk to him, you know, and it goes like that with any big business owner or whatever. And I remember I was in New York working for the print company and trying to get, trying to get meetings. And I had to be quick because New York, yeah. everything is oh, so much different. It's so different. I know. And, you know, it's like, they're like, what is it? What do you need? Okay, great. All right. 10 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> see you there. And, and by the way, 10 o'clock means 930 in New York, you know? And so you have to be on time, show up and get to the point. And you never keep anybody in New York waiting. They, oh, oh my God. I learned so much when I lived there just for a very short period right? of time. And then I moved back to Texas and I'm like, why is everybody so slow? Leah, you move so fast. Okay. 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 It's fine. It's fine. Get her done. Get her done. But <laughs> I, I love, there was just so many lessons within that. I think a lot of people allow fear and they allow what other people think of them to hold them back from doing what they want to do. Or even in your instance of, I don't know a thing about how to work this scanner or real estate or any of these <laughs> things, but I know that I'm the person for you. And sometimes people just aren't that forthcoming. They don't go after their goals or what they want with that kind of tenacity. They kind of shy away and say, I'm just going to go over here because it's comfortable. And then they're unhappy. Yeah. You don't want to ever be get the minute you're comfortable, you're in trouble. <laughs> I know. I learned I that always the hard say, way. I always say two things. 
if it feels uncomfortable, you're probably on the right track. And number two, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room for sure. You know, and I have had both those experiences. I've been at meetings where I've been so intimidated and so uncomfortable thinking, how did I end up in this room, in this meeting right now, where I have no idea what anybody's talking about, but I'll just pretend like I do. You know, and then, you know, you don't take yourself so seriously. I, when I got to New York and I remember my boss saying, well, what skills do you have? And I'm like, I know how to work a scan machine. And he just looked at me like, what? <laughs> you know, and, I, and then he laughed. I was like, no, it's a really big deal. You know how, hard, you know how long it took me to learn the scan machine? <laughs> you know, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And he just, and then he would laugh because he's like, you are so funny. Like, I'm like, because that's the thing, you don't, we don't want to take ourselves so seriously. I get really frustrated with techie things. I have a team of people that I go to now that I go, oh my God, okay. I don't know how to copy and paste and people, <laughs> the people that can do that stuff so quickly. I'm so impressed. That's just not my thing, but I'll tell you what I can do. I can pick up the call and call anybody. That is no call. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. I had a guest on who literally did that and said, I didn't know who Grant Cardone was. So I just (laughs) picked up the phone and said, called his office and said, I need to speak to Grant. And she was like the person on the other end started laughing at me and said, you're kind of not going to get him today, but I'll take down your information. She was like, but he was so intrigued with her story. He actually called her back the next day and spoke with her for about 15, 20 minutes about her business. So yeah. it's like people like you guys that are just like so inspiring because sometimes are, oh, I don't want to make that phone call or I don't want to approach that person because they're here and maybe I'm here or maybe I don't know enough. And it's this type of attitude that you have that is the reason why you're in the top 5%. Yeah. Thank Period. you. Thank you. I, Period. It, it, by the way, it's, it is the truth, what, what your attitude is and how you, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm not really good at, but I know what I am good at. And I have to stay on that path. If I focus on what I'm not good at, guess where you go, mm-hmm. <laughs> you go down that path and it's not fun. And I've done it. I've done it. I, you know, I beat myself up. I'm, I don't understand this. I don't know this about business. I could never do that. I'm too old, you know, and you start going down this path of like all these insecure you know, and I would get like, oh my God, I'm in my forties and I'm starting over, Ugh. you know, and the <laughs> self-pity talk is, doesn't work. And going back to Grant Cardone, you know, he has, he has been, he has come become very close with a few people in my, in my Lions Platinum group. And so I know about his, I know about his business through, through my group. And he is like that. He, because he has built this empire of being curious about other people. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's like, I'm totally curious about other people and what they do. And, you know, I'm, I've, I used to be really scared to ask questions and like make, be that vulnerable kind of, you know, I don't really know what that means. You know, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to appear stupid. And now I don't care. I'm like, wait, I don't get that. What what does that mean exactly? (laughs) And then people, people, it's funny when you do that, people actually go, oh, and then they take it, take you through it. And I'm like, pretend like I'm in kindergarten, explain it to me that way, because I need to hear things over and over and over again. I like repetition, right? Repetition is a mother of skill. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't hear something once and get it. I have to right. hear it. A, I have to hear over. it a few times. So people ask me all the time, <clears throat> excuse me, why do you go and see Tony Robbins three times a year. And I go, because I'm not the same person every time I go. I love that. I'm growing. I'm learning. Now I have a new mindset. Now I need to go and hear things differently in this mindset. I was in that icky mindset the first time I went. Now I'm in a different mindset. And every time I go and go to one of his seminars, I'm a different version of myself. And, and even hearing, if it was the same seminar, you hear things from a different lens or you see it from a different lens and you hear it with a different ear because you have grown. Totally. So it could be the same speech. It doesn't matter. Totally. And I've heard his speech over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's amazing to me that every time I hear it, I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't get that the last time. Exactly. That's super important, you know, because now I'm hearing it differently. 
because mm-hmm. I'm in a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was half asleep the time before. Maybe it was too cold in the room. Maybe I was focused on something in my business. So I didn't hear it, you know, and so I'm always about like, I can't hear something once I I have reread the same book. I swear to you, I'm on the fourth go around with this book because there's so much great information that I'm what like, book is it? it's um, Wayne Dyer's The Power of Intention. Ooh, I'm gonna have to. Read I, that. I love Wayne. I love. I Wayne. love Wayne Dyer, and 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 a friend sent me the book, and said, "Deb, Debs, you should read this book." And I and I read it, and I was like, "I got to read it again." There were so many things in this book that I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "I can't believe this book slipped by me because I've read a lot of Wayne Dyer stuff over the years." My Bible was, uh, "What do you really want for your children?" When I was raising mm. my kids, and so. You know, I, I I think that that is, you know, the thing is like, we're a different version of ourselves. We're continually growing. So yeah, I think people go, well, what are you doing now, Deborah? Because I'm <laughs> always changing and reinventing. And now, but you know what? Yeah. That keeps them curious. And I promise you deep, 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 deep down, you're that mirror to them. That's like, what are you doing with your life? Are you going after the things that you want to? Will you have the guts to say, this may not make sense in my current career. Let me go try and do that thing that I love or that I'm passionate about. So I promise you, they're looking at you like, damn, I wish I could be like that, Deborah. Damn, I wish I could do that. And some people, yeah, well, some people you will. Some people will wake up and you'll spark that that light under their ass. And there's other people that will just look at you for the rest of their life because they're too afraid. Yeah. And that's where well, it's at. I'll tell you, I, I used to get judged so harshly <laughs> in my twenties and thirties because I had a different mindset. And now I look back and I'm like, look at, look at, look at the difference of like, yeah, maybe my mindset was a little odd back then because I was always like, yeah, let's do it. Or yeah, let's move. Let's go <laughs> do that. And, and it might've been a little too impulsive. May I've pulled it back a little bit now. at this point in my life where I don't get too crazy and stuff, but you know, I just, I'm an adventurer and I just don't want to look back on my life and go wish, shoulda, coulda, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything that I've done, like God forbid, but if it were to end today, I had a really great life, really great life. And I've done just about everything on my bucket list. I have a lot more I want to do, obviously, (laughs) but I have really done and experienced and and been in proximity of people that people dream of being in proximity of. And that's a gift. That's a total gift. It is. I didn't play it. I didn't play it safe. You know, I did not play it safe. And were there hardships? Hell yes. Were there really rough times, really dark times? Yeah. But you know what I say? in the darkest times, that is where my spiritual and emotional growth really happened. I love it. In my darkest times. It, that's where I had to grow. That's where I had to really up my game. If you just have it safe, like even keel, or you have a success here and there, you're not growing. How are you growing? What, what, there's nothing changing. You're not out of your comfort zone. You grow when you're out of your comfort zone. Right. That's when magic happens. That's when magic happens. The scarier it gets, the better it gets. No, trust me. I know. Yeah, you're you're doing it. So how can how can we follow you? Because we can't just let you go. We need to be following (laughs) you. I don't Uh, know if you're active on LinkedIn. Like like how can we keep up with Deborah? So we can fangirl some more. Okay. I am active on all social media. As a matter of fact, I am getting ready to launch a website and a book. Yes. So on Instagram, I'm putting out little, 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 little things now leading up to my launch. So if you follow me at Deborah Driggs on Instagram, follow my stories. I'll be posting in there my, the link to my website. People can get a hold of me. Uh, there's a place on my website where you can actually get a hold of me. I want people to to reach out to me. That's awesome. And I because I want to be of service. If somebody says, "Hey, mm-hmm. I really would love you to be a part of this, and it works for me, and I can do it," I want to do it. So, so that's what it is. And my website will be it'll launch probably in a week, but it will be Debra Driggs, DebraDriggs.com. When is the book actually coming out? Because we need to have you back. 
Well, that's probably going to happen towards the end of the year. Okay. Um, because it's, you know, it's such a long process. I didn't realize, you know, I just thought, okay, we write the book and then we go, right. It just happens. And that's a whole other business I'm learning about right now. And that's okay. You know, and I'm not doing that perfectly. You know, I'm learning and failing as, as we go. And I have kind of gone back and forth on which direction I want to go. And I think I want to self-publish. So that's where it's at right now. So I have to educate myself now on, on that, <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, it's just another learning opportunity. But and honestly, will- with your network, I think you're going to be fine. I think Thank it's going to go through the roof. Um, you have a very infectious personality. And so I'm already like, when can we have you back to promote this book? Yeah, oh my God. That's <laughs> such a compliment. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I really appreciate that. That's awesome. But I'm glad you just got out there and got it done. A lot of people hold on to their books because they want some big whoop-de-doo publisher when it's like, just go and do it yourself. No. And, you know, uh, you know, because I haven't really used my name from, you know, the entertainment background in so long, it's going to take a while to reestablish and do all that. It's like, I'm starting from scratch again. Yeah. That's okay. But you're used to it. You're okay. okay. Totally okay with that. Let's let's go. Let's roll. You win every single time. So this yeah. is a road that you're familiar with, and you're gonna rock it out. And That's I'm just saying, I'm excited. Like I'm like, well, what do I need to do after this today? Because I'm Jack. Yay! Good. Well, come follow me, and then we'll do this again. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so Deborah, keep in touch. We want to tell people about your book. So we'll have you back on for that. We'll be following Wonderful. you on and stalking you on all social media. Please come join me, join <laughs> in the fun. I'm really good. I've made it, I've made it a job now to really respond to people. And so, good. yeah. Which platform are you the most active on? Instagram. Instagram. So hit yeah. her up, go in her DMs on Instagram, yeah. like and engage with all of her posts. And you guys know what to do. Subscribe, rate, and share this one out because a lot of people need to, this is a very special one. There's a lot of people right now, especially during the pandemic, you're stuck or you're thinking about, you want to make another career move and you just haven't. So I think listening to someone of her stature, go and tell you, F it, just do it. Just, just do the damn thing. What's the worst thing you, that could happen? Hey, guess what? You know what I mean? Somebody <laughs> else is going to do it. So why not let it be you? And she's you in the top 5%. So when we're talking about being around people who are where you want to be, this is that person coming through your audio feed. So you know what to do. You know what to do. So share this one out. Subscribe, rate, and review. I love you guys so much. Thank you, Deborah, Thank for you. coming on. Thank you. Thank you. God bless everybody. Thank God you. God bless. And until next time. Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Listen, here's a secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. So what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? Think about it now. You in bright lights and on PR yourself with Leah Frazier. Hey, it could happen. Listen, Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency. They're one of the friends of the show that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. So if you're an expert in your field, you have a unique story to share, or you have an interesting point of view, it is time for you to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. Kitcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Listen, your audience is waiting to hear from you. Don't make them wait too much longer. So what you're going to do, you're going to head to kitcaster.com. That is K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R.com forward slash PR yourself to apply for a special offer for friends of this podcast. And listen, don't delay. Get with it today. A lot of your amazing guests that you guys love so much on this podcast came from KitCaster. Don't delay. Next time it needs to be you. Thank you for tuning in to PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Deborah. She is absolutely amazing and such an inspiration and so down to earth if you want to check out both the audio and visual portion you want to see what deborah looks like you want to see me because i really that day i rolled up in the studio like who shot john but if you want to see that you can just head on over to my youtube channel under leah frazier and that video will be there for you to take a look at us just 
having our friendly banter. You know what to do if you like this episode. Please like, share, comment, get the word out. I've been getting so many messages and I appreciate you guys so much just telling me I binge listen to everything. I listen to this on my walk. This helped me to secure national interviews in national press. So thank you for sharing that with me because that gives me the inspiration to keep creating. I got a little busy. I'm I'm still a little busy, but I'm still trying to piece these together. I have so much in the queue for all of you guys. And I just want to thank you for your patience, but share this out. If you liked it, go ahead and like, leave me a review. The reviews really help to have the podcast climb up the ranks. Right now, we're the number eight PR podcast in the world. And I'm an athlete. I'm competitive. Leah wants to be number one. And so the only way I can do that is if you help. Help, 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 help. So leave that review if you haven't already. Let me know how this podcast has helped you. Stay tuned. We have some juicy stuff coming up yet. Um, Next, I wasn't able to put it on this podcast, but I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to be discussing the PR nightmare, in my opinion, that's surrounding Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union at this current moment. And so stay locked in. I'm going to bring in um, a voice or two. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to have the same reasoning, but I think it would be interesting to just put what we have out there and to get everybody's perspective. So you know what to do. Stay locked in. Thanks for listening to this episode of PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. And until next time.